Hi guys, I'm Chef Phoebe and this is Chef Phoebe's Whispers and today we're going to talk culinary terminology. Now, when I say culinary terminology, I kind of just mean like words um, that when I looked up culinary terminology, I found. So it took me like a bit of studying, a lot of notes that I had to take. The idea for this episode came, it was at a party don't remember which party but we was at a party with my family and we were talking about something I cooked before it was four chops um, my mother was asking me uh, questions and I said I had tempted what I meant was I used the thermometer to check what temperature it was and base the remainder of my cooking time off of that things like that I didn't realize when I said it that it technically, most people aren't going to really know what that means unless they've done it <laughs> or just like, unless they just know it. Sometimes you just know things, even though you got nothing to do with them, but unless that's the case, most people aren't just going to know it. I didn't realize that. The funny thing was, she was like, I had no idea what you're talking about. And my father was like, I did, because he's also a chef and like cooks a lot. He knew what I was talking about, but my mother and my brother didn't. And I was like, ah, shit yeah i didn't you have to remember to use common to explain things when you're like talking craft it's like one of those things that i also find kind of frustrating when actually i wouldn't say i was frustrated it's more like i find interesting i don't know why i said the word frustrating that was the wrong word completely i find kind of interesting that when people who are really passionate about their craft try to teach the craft like i had a really passionate music teacher my last semester you can tell they're passionate about it and they just be using words that you're just like uh-huh sure you need a pair of those <laughs> google glasses that can just like look things up while you're looking yeah translate <laughs> translating translating isn't just for languages anymore it's for passionate people talking about their crafts now so yeah and i thought this would be a fun episode now this is not gonna be an episode where i just list terminologies educate i mean you will learn some but this is not i'm not gonna be professor phoebe today i think but i will be talking about some things that i found interesting like i said i did research i took some notes and i have like basically just two categories I also had to look up the pronunciations of a lot of these words because when it comes to culinary terminology, a lot of it is in French and it's, most of the times they don't bother like translating it over into the English version of their word. They just use the French word as the English word. The French word is the word. They don't bother translating it into English, I guess is what I'm saying. I also came across a lot of words that were how do i say they were words that if you use them in a completely different setting would mean a completely different thing it's funny anyway i'm gonna start here these are some of the words that i thought were kind of things they have words for that we kind of don't actually something that we do need to use but there's an easier way to say it for example Acidulation, it's the word. It means to add acid or make something sour, usually using a lemon or a lime. 
or a citrus fruit of some kind. Acid ulation. What? Add lime. So I guess an example of this would be like when people have, um, I think a lot of people eat street tacos and they use a spritz of lime or lemon on top of their taco. That's apparently acidulation. You don't have to use that word. <laughs> just don't, just keep that one to yourself. Keep it in your like dictionary so you know what it means. But let's not bring this up in common conversation, especially over tacos, because you're ruining my tacos. Another one, this is one that's actually used pretty often. Aerate, which is the process of putting dry ingredients through a sifter. It's in this category because we also use the word sift the flour. You sift it. Um, the process of putting things through a sifter is sifting it. But that's I guess it's not the right word. Aerate would be the correct book definition word. You aerate the flour when you sift it. Or rather, sifting the flour is the act of aerating it. I believe that's the proper way to use that word. You can use aerate, but like I said, sifting would probably be a word that people just recognize a lot quicker. <laughs> this one is ethyler. That's how you pronounce it. Again, I did use the pronunciation. I look up the pronunciation of these. Some of these were harder to find than others. Because as you know, if you type in like an English word, well, hmm, if I type in an English word because of my location and because I speak English, I'll get the English definition and you can hit the little microphone icon and it'll say the pronunciation of the word. That doesn't always happen when I type in French words or some of these terms. So I ended up having to look for, I had to find this word in like culinary list of vocabulary, French vocabulary, that they did a video on how to pronounce them. So it's effler. And it's a very useless word in my opinion. Effler means to break off the ends of string beans for cooking. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. It's to, you know when you get fresh green beans, you have to cook them and you just break off the ends or actually we cut them in a production standpoint. But effler is to break off the ends of string beans. It's a French word, and it's definitely one of those words that they did not bother translating into English. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, how often was this done that, and they needed a word for it in France, but not a word for it in America or England. There's no English word for it. Interesting. Okay, this one is ort. Yes. Ort, O-R-T. It's just pronounced ort. I checked. This is the scrap or remainder of food from a meal. Basically, it's leftovers. Apparently, the dictionary definition. I mean, leftovers. Might be in it. If it's two word, ort means <laughs> remainder of food. Like when you go to a restaurant and you don't eat it all, what you take home is ort. Please don't use this word. Thinking of this stuff, I think about my brother. He's like a 
big vocabulary person. He's like a pretty good vocabulary. He'll use the proper definition of words, even though it's socially awkward. So I could just imagine him using the word or from now on and like bugging this out of me, honestly. But yeah, don't don't be a draken. It's not worth it. This one is a Van Dyke. Again, a very useless word that it did not bother to translate. Well, actually, technically, the word can be translated. Okay, Van Dyke is apparently the French term for cutting a limb. Okay, direct definition. Zigzag pattern around the circumference of a lemon to create garnishes. But like I said earlier, sometimes there are words where if you use them in a different setting, you get a completely different meaning because... Uh, when I googled the word again, because again I was trying to get make sure I had the pronunciation properly, you get it's like a haircut. It's a haircut named after a person with the name. And I find it interesting if you type that in, you mostly get the information about the haircut and the hairstyle or whatever. But if you click like Google Images, you'll get hairstyles, a person, but you'll also get a picture of a lemon that has been. Oh no. What the heck is the past tense of Van Dyke? That has been cut in a Van Dyke fashion. I don't know. This word is really complicated <laughs> for me to use in everyday conversation. Also, it's such a limited use. Okay, so technically, upon further, further research, even though it's originated with lemons, they do use the word for other fruits and vegetables. You might have seen this done to like a watermelon where it's half of a watermelon and the top exposed half is like spikes that look kind of pretty like a fence or grass or something so yeah that's van dyke it's just a word that you don't need to use in common day conversation in my opinion <laughs> that's all i got to say about that one the next category of words that I thought I'd do, it's actually not even that many, it's only four of them. I had to count, my bad. It's only four of them. But these are words that you probably do often, and oftentimes probably never use the words for it, unless you're like in a kitchen. Things everyday people do in the kitchen that they wouldn't use the word for. The first one is dredging. It's the copes wet or moist foods with a dry ingredient before cooking for like even coating. This is fried chicken, you dredge it in flour, you fry it. You can also, when I saw the word, it made me think of how people take little chunks of beef, cute beef, it's usually chuck I believe, for beef stew, and some people toss that in flour before they sear it when they're gonna make beef stew. I believe people usually do that, not just for color, but I've heard that it, the flour creates like the starch. You won't need as much of a thickening agent later. I have not done this in comparison, so I'm not quite sure how true it is. But I mean, the logic is there and I will say I've done it <laughs> for that reason, despite not knowing if it was, I mean, it doesn't hurt. And you do get a really nice sear on the beef cube. So it's like, there's no harm in it, but curious. But yeah, judging is to coat a wet or moist foods in a dry ingredient. I say dry ingredient because it's not just flour. You can use all types of things. I'm not gonna list all of those right now. That's a different episode. This one is really kind of 
complicated. It's jacarding. Jacquard. It's as if you had noticed it's a French word. I can't do it with the French accent. It's like jacquard. Or see, forget I said that. But jacquarding is a process of poking holes in muscles of meat to tenderize it. There are a lot of other words for this. But one of the things people say is tenderizing meat. Like if you've ever stabbed something with a fork or one of those mallets. I, I'm, there's a word, f- I'm doing an episode of culinary terminology and I don't know what the little mallet hammer thing for tenderizing meat is called, other than tenderizer. We just call it the meat tenderizer, like, but I'm pretty sure that doing this research, I'm pretty sure there's a word for that. Anyway, if you poke holes in meat with the tip of your knife, if you use the fork to stab it, anything that punctures holes into meat for tenderizing purposes is jacarding jacquard however that said this word is <laughs> sorry it's really complicated these words quadre this was the word i was thinking about earlier where they didn't it can technically be translated it means if you translate it, the french word to english it means crisscross or but the culinary meaning in English, which is similar, is marking crisscross patterns onto food with knives or like cutting crisscross patterns. Um, it also says marking, but it's not the same as when I read crisscross, I was thinking like grill, crisscross from a grill, like you throw the meat and you get crisscross sears. This doesn't mean that. This is. Like, if you score a duck in a crisscross pattern, scoring is when you take your knife and you slice thin little, you slice it on the top. (laughs) When it comes to duck breasts, it's to help render the fat in the duck breast. You can also score bread. It's how you get those little pretty splits where the the inside of the cut is like a little lighter. It makes pretty patterns on bread scoring. So basically, quadra. Oh my god, this word is complicated. And yes, I did listen to the pronunciation of it. That doesn't mean I can say it. I'm just saying. Quadrea. Quadrea is a crisscross pattern. It's if you score something in a crisscross. But again, it's in this category because I'm pretty sure many of you have done this if you like to cook or bake something. Uh, especially bread and sweating sweating is basically heating vegetables gently and like a little bit of oil to sweat them honestly it's one of those words that as a budding chef i do use instead of explaining what it is one of those words where you know what it is what the meaning of it is but if you had to explain it without a dictionary to look it up, you'd be like, uh, just sweat, you, you just sweat the vegetables. It's a common thing of don't use the word to describe the word, in my case anyway. But yeah, sweaty vegetables is gentle heat, a little bit of oil to cook them slowly to bring out moisture. Okay, when you sweat onions, you do this until they're 
no browning and they're like translucent that's basically no browning but they're translucent same thing with other vegetables but the, uh, not all vegetables are going to get translucent you just cook them till they're soft but have no browning from cooking on them now that i think about it the word sweat was definitely one of those vocabulary words that i learned um i had to study for tests but upon looking it up on the internet and upon having the given culinary dictionary to me they're similar but not the same it just dawned on me while i was talking to you guys that the word sweat is to gently cook something slowly without adding any browning or color that's how i knew the definition of the word but since i had like momentarily forgot that when i came across this word and read the definition of the complicated list it was like okay that word is kind of weird it's not it's what i know it is but just never mind i had a moment you guys witnessed me have a moment but that's okay we're all meant to have a moment right anyway another word i have here i'm not sure if it belongs in the category of things everyday people do it's all sec, which means to reduce a liquid until it's almost dry. You need to reduce it down to super concentrated. This is usually for like sauces, so you can get the most concentrated liquid. But I believe the direct translation from French to English is almost dry. That's how I was taught to remember it. So just reduce it till it's almost gone. And you would be left with like a lot of concentrated flavor. But I do think people at home reduce things. I'm just not sure if when you're cooking at home, you reduce things that much. Because I don't always do so. I have. But not for like everyday dinners. Like if I decided I was going to make something I knew was going to be complicated. That's when I've done it. Anyway, moving on to one final category of culinary terminology. Section, if you will. It's basically like restaurant lingo knowledge i thought it'd be fun to give you guys some information so that you can e-shop <laughs> on the restaurant staff and kind of understand a little bit more about what they're talking about if you don't already if you do good for you you'll just agree with some of these things if you don't this will be fun you'll now think back and like oh i learned that on the podcast you know <laughs> okay it's not many it's just a few some basic ones I'm pretty sure most of you already know, but I won't, don't want to assume, okay? I don't want to assume. But two top, four top, six top, this refers to how many people are going to be seated at a table. This is a term that, okay, for example, a waitress might go back and ask, where's the food for my last four top? Which means, where's the food for my last table of four? They can use this if they don't have a lot of table of fours or if they have like a larger group such as like eight people eight top that would probably be something the kitchen is like fully aware of and it can differentiate between like the average two to four tops i guess 86th is when something is removed it's not always something the kitchen doesn't have for example if you order something you order a burger that typically comes with fried onions on it and you don't want fried onions on the ticket the waitress might write the burger write the name of the burger and write 
86th fried onions. The kitchen now knows that your burger does not count with fried onions. There's a reverse of that, which I believe is six. Is it 68? Or I believe it's 68. I don't know. There's. A, I think it is. But now that I've said it out loud, I'm doubting myself. But I think it's 68 when you add something back. I know this because it was really confusing for me at one point in time. And I really hated it. But yeah. 86 it was something removed. All day. All day in the kitchen means first the total number of certain dishes or items that the kitchen needs to make if you watch hell's kitchen at all he's this is said a lot when they order steaks you might have two steaks for table three three steaks for table seven but you have five steaks all day which means (laughs) but it doesn't refer to all day as in from open to closing more like all day meaning the tickets that they have to cook tickets that are in line for them to cook that's what that means a la carte is a french term it means when something comes alone i'm gonna go back to that burger from earlier if a place usually sells burgers that come with sides which most places do you go in and you really just want the burger so you just ordered that burger it would be a la carte. It would be that burger a la carte. Meaning no sides. This one's a little easy. Back of the house refers to the kitchen staff, dishwashers, people who work. People you typically don't see. As opposed to the front of the house, which are your servers, your hostess, your managers. People you do see. Campers. This is a, probably a term you want to know if you hear somebody, <laughs> someone else say it. Campers are words restaurant staffs may use referring to a table who's still sticking around after they eaten and paid their check and they're just kind of chilling especially if it's like a busy time mm, not always the coolest thing but you know a check presenter this is actually those little <laughs> okay i'm gonna have to read the definition to you because i don't know how to explain it in my own words a check presenter is a one or two panel receipt holder Often made of leather, plastic, or fox leather. Uh, it's where customers give in their receipt and then places their payment. But now, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. It's a check presenter. I give you your receipt. You put your money in. I bring I bring you your card back in that. It's what? I mean, it's fancy. Not fancy. It's not. Just think it's nice. Comped. I'm pretty sure most of us is interested in this word. It's where you get a dish for free. A lot of times, this is if it was like your birthday or the kitchen messed up on something. It's a really fancy place with who's trying to keep the reviews, so they give it to you for free. Or they messed up on it like five times and they aren't that fancy, but they're giving it to you for free because they messed up five times and that's their fault. If you've ever heard people like in the kitchen yell behind, it's when you're going behind someone. This is used because a lot of times when you're going behind someone, you're carrying something hot or sharp or important, like a tray of expensive clams that I may or may not have dropped at one point in the culinary kitchen. Not because someone was behind me, but because the floor was wet. I didn't fall. It's just that the, the tray. Now, slip shoes are great. But that doesn't help <laughs> everything. But... Another word that is often used 
my servants is corner i think this phrase probably started where servers had to round a corner to get into the kitchen so they would say corner to let anybody who they can't when they were rounding the corner in case there was somebody else rounding the corner from the opposite direction they didn't clash double sat is when the hostess sits a table in a service section back to back this is mostly for like larger restaurants where the service have different sections and the hostess should be seating them alternately not filling up one section then the next because if you think about it when you get there a lot of times within a few minutes your server comes over to you takes your order but if two or more god forbid tables were seated at the same time as you in their section it's gonna take them a lot longer to get to you you're gonna be frustrated you don't know what's taking so long but they're just doing their job so it's the hostess responsibility not to double seat in a section when possible it's not always possible to do this but you know try it back. we i'm pretty sure we all know what a double shift is because it's not just a culinary term it's just working two shifts back to back i feel like it's big it's bigger in healthcare organizations from my point of view i feel like a lot of nurses and doctors always pull double shifts not always pull them but are more known for having double shifts but anyone can expo is short for the expediter the expediter works as the middle person in between the kitchen and the dining room it's basically when tickets come in the expediter takes the tickets from the servers and relays it to the kitchen staff and make sure they're keeping up with which ticket comes next what's going on each ticket if there's any like specialty things that they're watching and they notice that the cook making the burger that shouldn't have fried onions on it is about to make fried onions and you're like oh no wait 86 of fried onions for this table that that's an expediter they basically meet because when you're in the kitchen you're cooking lots of times so an expediter is there to help take some of the stress so the kitchen can focus on cooking and the service can focus on serving it's kind of like a middle job that takes a little bit of responsibilities from both parties that's what an expediter is fire now i'm not talking about flames of glory i'm talking about when someone yells fire table seven it's just to initiate or start table seven that's it kind of fun word though and kind of ironic that they would just use the word fire as start it's not ironic i guess because a lot of times when you're cooking you do need fire to make things happen <laughs> so not ironic let's see what else. i'm pretty sure we all know what in the weeds it just means when people are swamped and they just have a lot to do servers kitchen staff no matter who it is um the babysitter they're in the weeds they're swamped <laughs> In the window is something for like the kitchen staff would say to the exciter or servers. Table seven is in the window. Table seven is ready to serve. That kind of vibe. On the fly is often used if there was like a mistake on the table or a server held onto a ticket for too long and forgot about it. And they just realized it's been 10 minutes already. They will ask for it on the fly, which means to immediately start making this in front of 
or alongside other orders to get it out as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, those are just some of the restaurant lingos. I thought it would be fun to give you guys because those are the ones you're probably going to hear more often. Whether you're cooking or you're just going out to eat, those lingos are good for them. So yeah, those were my culinary terminologies for this episode. And slightly educational. It was a little bit more educational than I thought it was going to be. I was going for relax. But it was a, like a relaxed educational, you know? Now that all of those have been done and said, that would be like a slightly public serving PSA. We're going to have a PSA. <laughs> That's another term for terminology. Fun. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I have not done any worth the whispers in like couple of weeks between the combination of doing all of the collaborations and just having a lot to do like a lot on my plate right now taking my two summer one classes which have just got me there a lot and worth the whispers are separate researches from my podcast episodes in between everything else and I'm getting my COVID shot <laughs> in two days my second one so I'll be fully vaccinated yay me the, when I got the first one I was super tired <laughs> after a while like just tired tired so yay hopefully I'm just wait it's gonna be Wednesday is that a good enough reason not <laughs> Anyway, I'm not going to say that out loud. Um, but I'll explain to you guys at some point what I was going to say. But yes, I will be back to work the whispers. If I find one that's interest, super interesting that pops out to me before the end of June, we'll give it to you guys. Otherwise, after June, we'll get back into work the whispers. Because, like I said, there are a lot of separate re- researching. They're fun. But I always kind of want to be as accurate as possible and interesting, which means I have to find interesting culinary news or interesting news points for you guys. But if you want to be technical, I have a small worth the whisper. I am now editing my own podcast. Now you say, weren't you always editing your own podcast? Honestly, like before I would record it and then upload it. That's it. Make sure. But I was doing seven to ten takes per per section yeah that's what i was doing in the beginning i'm now editing my own podcast like i said i wasn't quite doing it before but i am now which is super fun um this is also another reason why you guys haven't gotten to work the whisper because it's a separate type of i'm sorry i'm not gonna lie i was up a marker separate kind of research and time consuming on top of the classes and everything else that was going on i can't wait till my summer actually kicks in i need these two months of summer break because uh i want to cook <laughs> sit outside and sit outside and not worry about coming back to do homework or go to class that was my episode for this week Again, remember to tune in next week. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Phoebe underscore W dot T. That's my Instagram. I have made 
I made like chicken skewers the other day because I was having a crazy need for chicken skewers. So that's on my Instagram. I made beef stew. It's gonna be on my Instagram. I haven't put it up yet. Yeah, so if you want to see all those cool things, those are on my Instagram. Again, I'm Chef Phoebe. This is Chef Phoebe's Whispers. See you guys next week.